Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kim Peek. I am your hostess for Power Up Your Performance. I am also the founder of Power of Run. You can find Power of Run on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter, all at the at sign Power of Run. You can also find me online at www.crushingmygoals.com. I offer training programs all online that will show you how to run your first 5K or run your first or fastest half marathon. And you can find that at crushingmygoals.com. If you are interested in one-on-one training for a race, I also offer that. And you can email me at powerofrun at gmail.com so we can discuss some details for one-on-one training. So this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And at this point, I kind of think Breast Cancer Awareness Month can be a trigger and somewhat offensive to survivors. There's this whole month that is devoted to awareness. And I always think, don't you think that most of us at this point know what breast cancer is already? Do we really need a whole month devoted to awareness? So in this month of pink, I want to shift the focus a bit and spend some time talking about more than just awareness. But first, a little bit of background. As most of you probably know by now, I am a breast cancer survivor. Three years ago, I had a bilateral mastectomy. And at this point in October, I was in the middle of chemotherapy. And I remember when I was first diagnosed being pretty devastated. I was in the middle of a great race season and had finally just really started to just find my speed in some of the areas, you know, getting faster as a runner, learning to swim better. I was getting some great speed on the bike and I did not want my life to be changed. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing because I also didn't want to, I didn't spend a lot of time Googling things and joining forums. I was very, very protective about who I let into my mind because I was only going to be positive and I didn't want to be swayed by all of the people who were complaining about the pain that they were in and how they couldn't move. And just, I didn't want to be wrapped up in the whole mentality of feeling like a victim. And so I remember talking to, I had a triathlon coach at the time and I said, I can't find anybody that's like me. I need to find somebody who is really tough and determined, and who isn't going to let this, who didn't let this change their life. I want to see somebody who had a really strong comeback. And as I Googled and searched, that was something I did Google. I really had a hard time finding people like that. But my coach did find me a fellow breast cancer survivor in the Kansas City area that I was able to talk to. And she helped me realize that getting breast cancer and going through treatment didn't mean that my life had to change drastically. And that was exactly what I needed to know at the time. Unfortunately, I also came out of it the other side, realizing that once you go through treatment, your life is changed forever. And 
sometimes it takes people longer than others to come to terms with that and to accept the ways that their life is changing. And those ways aren't always necessarily bad either, but your life does change. So anyway, I went through breast cancer treatment. Everything is all great now. And it has changed my life in some good ways. One of which is that I recently became a breast cancer exercise specialist because I realized that I did have some valuable experience with exercise And I really believe in the power of exercise to not just help somebody get through treatment, but to also help them take control, feel like they have some control over the situation, and also help reduce their risk of recurrence, which we will talk about in a little bit. But first, before I get on with this, I want to give you, I guess you might consider this a little rant, just for perspective. So I have to admit I can get a little overwhelmed at the flood of pink on social media and all over town and all the stores the minute the calendar flips to October. And I admit also that I'm still a rookie. This is only my third year looking at Breast Cancer Awareness Month through the lens of someone who has had breast cancer. And while I don't consider myself cynical by nature, I am very aware that too many businesses take advantage of our emotions and try to capitalize on this horrible, horrible disease. Everyone, everyone, I don't know a single person who has not been touched by cancer or breast cancer. You probably have a friend or a friend of a friend or a relative, or maybe it's you who has had breast cancer. And so that makes us a highly personal and emotional disease. Everywhere you look, there are pink products to buy, and some companies claim to donate money to the cause, while others are just for the pure profit of the manufacturer or business. So that's one of these things I really would encourage you to think about this month if you are inclined to buy pink products. Just know that not all of those products are really for the point of raising aware or really for the point of helping anybody except for the person creating the product, the manufacturer. Some breast cancer activists are anti-pink, anti-ribbon. They're against any talk about boobies or tatas or whatever you wherever you want to go there. And they want you only to look about and talk about research and prevention. And they claim that education and awareness are old news. I'm kind of on the fence there. I'm kind of in between all of this. I'm not hardcore either way. And so I wanted to share with you some of my thoughts there. I love pink. It has been my favorite color since I was a little girl. I even had a pink wedding, which was way cooler in the 90s than it maybe sounds now. But pink has always been my favorite color. And sometimes I feel like breast cancer kind of ruined my favorite color for me because I love that big, hot pink color, and that's the sign of color of the breast cancer ribbon. I want people to talk about breast cancer awareness and to engage in activities that are meaningful this month and really all year round, but I want you to do it in a way that is meaningful to you. So if it is meaningful to you to run the Susan G. Komen 5K, you do that because it means something to you. And if somebody else is saying that that's an organization they wouldn't give their money to, that's great. That's their opinion. I want you to 
participate in the month in a way that is meaningful to you and to your family and to the people who you know who have been touched by cancer. Just like breast cancer touches each of us differently, each person's treatment is different. And we all process emotions and experiences differently. So we can't say that because I think something that that means it's wrong for you to do it that way. We all have to, we all are allowed our own opinions and no one should be able to tell you how to walk around as a breast cancer patient or as a supporter or a friend or a relative with cancer. It's also very, very individual. It's highly personal. So if pink is your thing, wear it. I wear pink. I love pink. It makes me happy to see all my friends and relatives supporting their bye-bye cancer shirts, which we sold to support cancer patients in the Kansas City area when I was going through treatment. And I love those shirts. And it always makes me smile when I see my girls or their friends wearing that shirt, even in a picture that old pictures, but even in new pictures that pop up on Facebook or Instagram right now. However, a pink product does not guarantee that the proceeds go to that cause. If you like a product, buy it. If it makes you feel good, buy it. But if you are doing it because you want to fund that cause, read the fine print. I know that there are certain kinds of yogurt that do a thing where if you peel off the top of the yogurt or whatever and you save those tops during breast cancer awareness month, they give money to, I don't even know what the research is anymore, but because it's kind of old news. But when you read the fine print, it's actually, there's a cap on that amount and it's a very, very small percent of sales. So again, if you like that and you're going to buy the brand anyway, knock yourself out, but don't switch brands or do something different because they've tricked you into thinking that you're going to do something or that they're going to make a big impact with that money that you're giving them. So there is an organization called the Breast Cancer called Breast Cancer Action. They're a breast cancer watchdog and they've been around for over 25 years. And they have a term called pinkwashing. And that's what they they say when they talk about companies and organizations that tug at our heartstrings in order to sell a pink product that actually might cause cancer. Crazy to think, isn't it, that there are companies that are selling making their product pink for the month of October or selling pink products or putting a ribbon on it and that product can actually cause cancer. Kind of scary, but it happens. So according to Breast Cancer Action, a pink washer is, and I'm going to read this here to you, a company or organization that claims to care about breast cancer by promoting a pink ribbon product, but at the same time produces, manufactures, and or sells products that are linked to the disease. Over the past 10 years, Think Before You Pink has changed the conversation around breast cancer cause marketing. The term pinkwasher is now a common term used freely by many advocacy organizations and the media to describe the hypocrisy and lack of transparency that surrounds breast cancer fundraising and the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And then it goes on to name some specific brands that pink that breast cancer, why can't I talk today? That breast cancer action has targeted as pink washers. And some of those companies include Avon, 
car manufacturers Ford, Mercedes, and BMW, and Yoplait yogurt maker General Mills. So again, that is from a statement on the Breast Cancer Action website. Just food for thought as you go into this month. I just want you to be aware that some companies pretend to do good things and maybe don't have the best intentions. They're pulling at our heartstrings. So buy what you want. If it's something you like or need, buy it. Buy from your heart. If you buy from your heart, make sure that your purchases are in alignment with your values because that's really what's important in the long run is that we are true to ourselves. And I don't want to see any of you be manipulated by somebody who just doesn't have the best intentions. So some questions to ask yourself if you're buying pink products this month. Is it important to me that proceeds from the product go to an organization that is actively raising awareness, providing support, teaching prevention, or conducting research? How much of that donation do I expect to be directed to the cancer organization? If you're donating to a charity, how much of the donation goes toward administrative costs, and how are they using your money? Is it important that your money goes toward research and prevention? Or are you okay with that money going anywhere? Where Just know where the money is going and make sure that's in alignment with what you think. Is the percentage that's donated acceptable to you? We all probably have a different amount there. So just be aware. And is there a cap on what the manufacturer donates to the cause? Does the product cause cancer? Is the product bad for our health or our environment? Those are just some things you might want to run through your filter to decide if your money is going to a good place this month. Be a critical consumer. Did you know that National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, filled with pink ribbon promotions of breast cancer-related events, was in part created by AstraZeneca, a pharmaceutical and biologics company that develops an herbicide considered to be a carcinogen by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. And did you know that AstraZeneca also manufactures two of the most popular cancer treatment drugs, breast cancer treatment drugs in the U.S.? One is called Nolvidex, otherwise known as Tamoxifen, and Arimidex, which is also known as Anastrozole. So I'm not big into conspiracy theories, but it does make you wonder a little bit about the sincerity of the entire month, doesn't it? And since the world has turned pink this month, I wanted to start out by asking you to think about your values and only buy products that fit with your values. Don't let big companies take advantage of your compassion. Having said that, since the world has turned pink and people are talking about breast cancer, I do want to touch on some topics over the course of this month that maybe aren't talked about as much. So kind of the, if you can't beat them, join them mentality. We're talking about it anyway. So I'm going to put my own spin on this month and educate people my way. So first I want to cover a few basics. One in eight women will get breast cancer at some time in her life. So if you're sitting in an office or a coffee shop right now, or maybe you're out running, just count the number of women around you. And when you hit eight, know that one in eight of those people will get cancer or has had cancer sometime in her lifetime. That's a, that's really shows you that 
just breast cancer affects a lot of people. It's, it's, it's a pretty big disease. But let's go on to some more basics. Do your monthly self-checks. More importantly, know what your body looks and feels like. Know what normal is to you. So when I found my breast cancer, mine was a dimple. And I was getting into the shower one night. And my I have a great big mirror that is kind of along the same wall as my shower. And as I turned to get in the shower, the light hit my breast just right. And I saw this teeny, tiny, microscopic dimple. It was itty bitty. And I always joke that, you know, at my age, I could have just said, oh, it looks like a speck of cellulite and just kind of gone on. But something about it bothered me. And I do remember a doctor telling me when I had my last baby that I needed to watch out for dimples. And I had never heard of a dimple being a breast cancer symptom before. So just do your monthly self-checks know what your body looks like. And if you see something that doesn't look right, go to the doctor. So some of the signs are lumps, like when you do your monthly self-check and you're feeling for lumps. Dimpling, like what I had. Maybe you have discharge or a change in shape or some kind of a pitting, like an orange, the top of an orange peel, or maybe hot spots. Those are just some of the things to look for. Keep your health appointments and screening checks. This also goes for all health checkups, like the dreaded colonoscopy. Again, another disease that that is one where you just need to do it. Most colon cancers are not fast growing cancers. From what I learned, at least what the doctor told me when we got my husband and I both got our colonoscopies last year. And so if you're keeping those appointments, you're likely to catch that in time while they can do something about it. And and that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that we're keeping our appointments so that we catch things early so that they don't grow into huge problems that can threaten our lives. And also exercise, fill your body with nutritious foods, keep your body at a normal body weight. It is now known that obesity, especially in postmenopausal women, is linked to breast cancer. So take care of yourself, exercise, eat good foods, limit your processed foods and sugars, and that is going to go a long way toward keeping a healthy body. The American Cancer Society says that there's growing evidence that women who get regular physical activity have a 10 to 25% lower risk of breast cancer compared to women who are inactive. And there's even stronger evidence that exercise helps postmenopausal women. But here's something that blew my mind. Once a person gets breast cancer, we're always worried about the chance of recurrence. And we all want to know how we can reduce our risk. Exercise is one of the most powerful things we can do to reduce our risk. In fact, a study that was out this year showed that it reduces the risk of recurrence by 40 to 50%. That is huge. You still have to do the other things your doctor is recommending, but exercise makes a significant impact. So if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, or you've been following me on social media for any length of time, you know that I've said repeatedly how important exercise was to my treatment and recovery. 
One of the first times I realized this was as they were wheeling me back to my room after my mastectomy. I opened my eyes as we were waiting for the elevator, and I remember somebody asking how I felt. And I told this long, rambling story, telling the nurses that I felt about the way I did the day I crashed my bike in a recent triathlon. After that crash, my ribs hurt for weeks, and I insisted I had broken ribs to the point that a doctor sent me in to get my ribs x-rayed because it just bothered me so much. I didn't have broken ribs. But in that moment when I was asked how I felt, this bike crash came to mind. I had slid on some gravel and my tire came out from under me and I just hit the ground really hard on my side. My helmet, my shoulder, my ribs just slammed into the ground. I got up and I finished the bike portion of that race and then I went on to run the 5K afterward, all in pain, but fueled by adrenaline. And that race showed me that I am tough and that I can persevere. And when they asked me in the elevator that day how I felt, I told them with pride about that day of my bike crash. Granted, I was super doped up on morphine, and I'm sure they heard the story a thousand more times while I was all doped up. But the exercise I did before my surgery set me up physically and mentally for the challenges ahead. I also have a picture I love to pull out and look at. In this photo, you can see the pure joy on my face. It was the first day my surgeon had cleared me to run, and my daughter and some neighborhood girls went with me to the middle school track so I could kind of do a short test run just to see how running felt. The run was really, really uncomfortable, but not for the reasons you would expect. It was uncomfortable because I could hear and feel the saline from the tissue expanders sloshing around with each step. It was just the weirdest sensation. So after you have a mastectomy, if you're doing reconstruction, they often will put in something that's called a tissue expander. And mine went in under my pec muscle. I hear that now sometimes they put them in on top of the muscle, but mine was under the muscle. And every week or whatever the time period is that the doctor sets, you go go in and you get more saline added. And there's slowly stretching out your pec muscle so that they can put the permanent impact or implant in. And so it was just the weirdest sensation. And that was just weird. But I would, I just love that picture because I remember just being so, so happy. I mean, this the joy on my face is amazing. But where exercise made the biggest impact was during chemo. The biggest tip I have always for people when we start talking about how to survive chemo is to exercise. And when you're in pain because the chemo treatment has kicked your butt, that seems counterintuitive. But exercise is one of the biggest things that you can do to help with fatigue and pain and even the brain fog that you have during treatment. Now, of course, you have to listen to your medical team and you have to listen to your body. What I did varied each day based on how I felt, but I moved every single day. So in the first couple of days after a chemo treatment, you start to get bone and joint pain. And for me, that meant that it hurt to walk. And on those days, I really just wanted to stay on the couch and do nothing, but that's really not my style. So I wasn't on those days trying to get up and do anything crazy, but to be able to move around my house without pain would be a fabulous thing. 
So I found this short little yoga video. It was about eight minutes long and I would do it multiple times a day and it would keep the pain away so that I could walk because my ankles and arches and knees just ached and ached. And so this yoga video did the trick and it helped me feel like I can move around and participate in life. And like I said, you have to think about what your body will allow on that day and be kind to yourself. I also set a goal of running a 5K for every chemo treatment that I did. And running is kind of a relative term because sometimes I did more walking than running. And sometimes I did a run walk. And some days I felt up to running the whole the whole time. It kind of depended also on where I was in my treatment cycle. But I committed to moving every day. And again, that gave me a sense of control, a feeling of control over my own treatment. And it gave me a goal to look forward to. When I got done with chemo for my final, my big grand finale, I registered for a half marathon and I had some friends come run it with me. And that was such a great way for me because I love fitness to celebrate the end of chemo and to prove to myself that Breast cancer didn't beat me. I was still strong and I could still do the things that I loved. So that was kind of an exciting time for me. I also want to talk a bit, though, about how we all experience breast cancer differently. And just because I could run doesn't mean we should expect somebody else to run. That person might have more chemo treatments. They might have a different kind of drug. Just everything is so different. So you can't compare yourself to everybody else or compare yourself to anybody else because how you deal with cancer and breast cancer is so, so individual. And I also want to touch on the fact that I've talked a lot about different things we can do to prevent the risk of recurrence, to prevent our risks of even getting cancer in the first place. Sometimes bad things happen to us despite doing all the things science tells us we should do to avoid getting cancer. So people who do get breast cancer or do have recurrence shouldn't beat themselves up. It is not your fault. We are learning and we just don't know everything yet. And in time, I know we're going to learn more so that we can save more lives. So do what you can. Don't stress about it. And if something does come back or you do get cancer, don't let people make you think that it's your fault because I hated it when people said that to me. And I just can't think of anything really that's much worse to tell somebody when they're at one of the lowest points in their lives than to try to make them accept blame for something that was out of their control. Because we just don't know everything about cancer yet and how those cells divide and how it spreads and how to prevent it. So just that little bit here to kind of wrap up that conversation. To summarize summarize my main points from today, think before you buy something pink, do some checking and make sure the purchase actually benefits, benefits those who you want to help. And if it's something you really, really want and like, buy it anyway. No guilt. Know what your body's normal feels like. How does it look and feel? Number three, don't be afraid of the doctor. I know so many people who are afraid to go to the doctor and it's almost like a badge of honor 
to talk about how long it's been since they've been to the doctor. If you have something that is bothering you, a persistent symptom, a lump, a bump, anything, go get it checked out. That's what they're there for. Number four, exercise now to reduce your risk of not just breast cancer, but also heart disease and other metabolic diseases. And if you need help trying to find a way to exercise, even if you haven't exercised in years, I can help you and I have friends who can help. A great starting point actually is Lynn Lindberg. She was one of my early guests on the podcast and she has a book called Couch to Active that just came out. It's available on Amazon. It is not about running. It is just about learning the right steps, changing your habits, changing your environment so that you can become someone who exercises. I highly recommend this book. Anyway, that was a little tangent. And number five, encourage those you know who are going through treatment to move every day in ways their body feels up to. If you have to, go over and take them for a walk. Actually, scratch the if you have to part. Go over and offer to take them for a walk. That was one of my favorite things I did in my early days after my mastectomy before I couldn't run. I had friends lined up to go for walks with me and they all took turns going on walks. And it was great, fun conversation time. So don't just think about taking people food and taking care of those needs. Also just offer to help your friend with the need for movement and for connection and socialization. And if you are not a walker, maybe you can go over and pop in a yoga video together and do some gentle stretching. Finally, if you are in the Kansas City area, I hope you will join me for an event on October 28th. It's called TRX for Boobies. And I'm doing this event with Mark Campbell of Core Strong Fitness. He is a TRX gym in downtown Kansas City. Mark is one of the only and one of the early TRX Black Rank instructors in the Midwest. He is an absolute master at what he does. And I'm so excited to be able to offer this fundraiser with Mark. It will be a donation-based class and 100% of the funds raised will go to Susan G. Komen, Kansas City. To register, you can go to the Mind Body app and search for Core Strong Fitness and then look for our event on October 28th or just head on down to the show notes and I'll link the registration form there. Also, I want to encourage you, if you know any breast cancer survivors or anybody who's going through treatment right now, Mark and I are both offering something for free that will help survivors and those going through treatment. Because I believe so much in the power of exercise and movement, I want to to be able to help people move. And I recently became a breast cancer exercise specialist. And so Mark and I are offering a limited number of free training sessions for patients and survivors. And you can nominate yourself or a loved one on my website. I'll link it in the show notes, but it is www.crushingmygoals.com slash P, the letter P, slash TRX for boobies, no spaces or anything in there. Anyway, we're going to do some free training sessions, maybe a couple of free training packages. But first, we need your nominations. You can nominate yourself. I just want to connect with those people and 
share my knowledge and help some people get some mobility back in their chest and in their some strength back in their backs and be able to get some shoulder mobility and maybe even find a new love for some type of movement. So thank you everybody for sticking around and listening today and have a great week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.